0: listening to story city church in granada hills california we exist to glorify god by leading communities into healthy relationships with jesus and with others and here is this week's message right now we're going to transition into a time of uh, reading God's word Uh, here at Story City we uh, want to just symbolize the attentiveness that we have when God's word is read and we do that by standing so I'd invite you to please stand as we read the word of God Um, and as we conclude I'd invite you to all say with me I'll say this is the word of the Lord and you all say with me thanks be to God Luke chapter 15. He also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food, and here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up... And go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick! "'Bring out the best robe and put it on him. "'Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. "'Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it, "'and let's celebrate with a feast, "'because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. "'He was lost and is found.' So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field as he came near the house. He heard music and dancing, so he summoned one of the servants, questioning what these things meant.' "'Your brother is here,' he told him, "'and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf "'because he was back safe and sound.' "'Then he became angry and didn't want to go in, "'so his father came out and pleaded with him. "'But he replied to his father, "'Look, I've been slaving many years for you, "'and I've never disobeyed your orders, "'yet you never gave me a goat "'so that I could celebrate with my friends. "'But when this son of yours came, "'who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, "'you slaughtered the fattened calf for him?' Son, he said to him, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you.
1: Welcome, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing all right. My name is Samir. I have the privilege of being one of your pastors here at Story City Church. I don't know about you if you've had a good week or a bad week or where you are in your journey, if your day started off hard um, or indifferent. Um, But I had one of those, you know, tougher weeks. And and this morning, I was kind of staggering trying to find a cup of coffee, um, trying to find a cup to put my coffee in uh, and I was looking through some of the drawers and, and one of the drawers I opened and a cup fell, it was a plastic cup thankfully, but it fell out and it bounced off the counter and I caught it and, this is, this is a true story, this morning, and I caught it and on the cup it said, you are right where you are meant to be. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I brought it to my wife and she started laughing and she's like, man, God speaks to you in certain ways, but that really spoke to my heart and i don't know if that was god or if that was just a coincidence but i want to tell you also that you are right where you are meant to be that god has brought you here for a purpose god has brought you here for a reason and um We're excited to to come alongside you, just like you saw these families, this is a representation of us as a whole, of the family of God together, walking together, uh, growing together, knowing that this life is not easy, but it is something that God's called us to do in family, in unity, um, and as a village that we walk together. Um, And so we're excited that you're here this morning. I know for me, one of the greatest joys and the greatest gifts God's given me is this church, and so I'm just grateful to be with you guys. We're excited to continue our series uh, In the Father's Heart. We're actually almost done. Next week's our last one. So you've probably heard that passage again and you're like, golly, one more time. Here we go. Um, But next week's our last one and it's been a joy to kind of look at all the angles uh, that God has kind of really drew out for us in this passage. But next week's our last one and then we're gonna go into our Advent series into Christmas, which I'm excited for. How many of you are excited for Christmas? I am. I'm one of those like right halloween christmas has begun guys so hate me or love me whatever it is what it is that's where i'm at um and so through this series that we're in called the father's heart we're continuing through the book that tim keller wrote called the prodigal god and so this is a book that we're kind of using as an outline for us as we journey through this series together um, last week, we looked at how Jesus redefined sin through this parable, right? We talked about how both brothers, the older brother and the younger brother, were both in sin because they wanted the father's stuff more than they wanted the father himself, right? That, that, that their sin was actually not loving the father more than it was anything else, so this week, we'll address a missing link within this story, a character that Jesus intentionally left out of the story so that he can highlight the most valuable truth any human could ever need. But before we jump into that, hopefully that draws you near, I want to pray for us. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us, for your Willingness and your joy and your love of leading us as you, our Father in heaven, as our true brother, as the one who is our Lord and our Savior and our friend. We, we come before you as your servants, as your children, as your friend, as, as those that want to learn and grow and draw near to you, Lord. Whether whether we've had a good day, a good week, up and down, or an indifferent one, Lord, we don't know um, what this life is all about without you being at the center, so will you help us understand, Lord? Will you help us draw near to you? Will it help us understand you more? Will you help us grow in understanding of your love for us? We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you that your word is, is clear and, and, is, and is something that you've left for us to grow and learn and to, to walk through as we draw near to you. We love you, Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So whether you relate to the, the older brother in the story or whether you relate to the younger brother in this story, uh, we both, on both ends, see our need and our shortcomings, right? We both see the sin that we walk in, the the need for repentance, the need for turning our hearts. Whether we've lived a life that is wayward and spentthrift and we gave it all up uh, for the pleasures of this world, or we've lived an upbringing that was perfect in the eyes of the world, that was the religious in the eyes of the world, and that was Self in in the way that we live righteously um, amongst those around us. We recognize on both ends there is sin involved because the heart is needing to be near to the Father. No matter what side you're on, we recognize this need that we need to confess. That in our pursuit of happiness, that only seeking the things and the blessings of the Father Or are we also seeking the love and the ultimate treasure which is the father himself? We saw how the father, even though both sons were were in their own way of sin, the father lavishly pursues both sons to invite them in with his grace and mercy into the feast of salvation. We have seen that we need the initiating love of the Father in order to be invited in to the place of repentance and nearness with God. But there's one more thing that we need. One more thing that we need in order to enter the festival of salvation. There's a cost costs money, it costs something, it costs something, and how much is that cost? What is the cost that is there that we need to pay? Is it us that needs to pay it? What is the cost? We understand the idea of mercy and forgiveness being a big part of that cost. Mercy and forgiveness must be free and unmerited to the wrongdoer, right? If the wrongdoer has to do something to merit it, then it isn't actually mercy, But forgiveness, forgiveness always comes at the cost of the one granting forgiveness. Forgiveness is not free, because there's a cost that's paid for the one giving the forgiveness. So what's the cost in this parable? What's the cost? So I want us to take a deeper look into the elder brother in this story. Okay, we, we, we saw him as a representation of the audience that Jesus is speaking to, which is the Pharisees, right? We said that the Pharisees of that time were the ones Jesus was speaking to as the elder brother, the, the, those righteous ones that thought that everything was good and that they were good. But he, the older brother in the story, is also a representation and a yearning foreshadowing of the one that opposes the type of brother that the younger brother actually needed. So there's this yearning desire that Jesus leaves out there because this older brother wasn't the one that the younger brother really needed at the time. See, in this story, the older brother is careless, the older brother is selfish, is self-righteous, wanted all the stuff for himself, He was far from the father. He didn't love the father for the father. He didn't love the younger brother, his own brother. He didn't want to enter the feast. And yet, the younger brother needed the exact opposite in the older brother. See, by putting a flawed elder brother in the story, Jesus is inviting us to imagine and yearn for a true older brother which a true older brother would be, someone who is selfless, sacrificial, thinks of others more than himself, near to the father, loves the father deeply, loves the younger brother deeply, and can't wait to enter into the feast. See, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the younger brother, wouldn't it have been a game changer in his story if he had an older brother like that. Wouldn't it have changed the whole perspective for him to recognize his real need? Well, guess what? We are the younger brother in this story. And the truth is, the truth is, which is our big idea today, that Jesus is our true elder brother. Jesus is our true elder brother. Jesus is our true elder brother in these three ways, okay? I'm gonna give us three ways that, that we see in the in this story of what a true elder brother is not, and then we're gonna see how the true elder brother represents Jesus in this story and how it re- refers to who we are as his children as his brothers and sisters. The first one is, our true elder brother pursues us. Our true elder brother pursues us. We saw in verse 13. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all that he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. All right, so remember, Jesus tells two parables right before this one. There's two parables that he goes into right before he shares this one that we're in. And in both of them, something is lost. And in both of them, someone goes to diligently search for that which was lost. So by the time this story comes, the hearers of the story are anticipating someone to go search and look for the younger brother. So the parallels of the story make sense. And so the hearers are like, okay, there should have been now someone going and searching for the younger brother. But no one does. No one does. Jesus does this intentionally. He placed these three parables closely together because he's inviting his listeners to ask this question. Well, who should have gone out and searched for the lost son. Who should have been that person? Not only does Jesus set that up for that question to be asked, Jesus also knows his audience and he knows the story of Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel is a story where there's this older resentful brother who resents the younger son And this older, resentful brother is giving the mandate by God that you are your brother's keeper. That you are your brother's keeper. So when they're understanding, in the story, the listeners are like, the older brother should have gone and chased after the younger brother. There is this understanding that they have in their listening. The older brother would have been mandated in that culture. To be the one who goes after the younger brother, pleading for his return. That's what a good, true older brother would have done. And the listeners would have known this. But the younger brother gets a Pharisee instead in the story. You see, we don't need a Pharisee as an older brother, we have enough of those. Jesus inserts himself in the story by not inserting himself in the story. The yearning for a true and good elder brother penetrated the hearts of the hearers and us. The son of God himself is standing in front of these Pharisees that he's telling the story to. The son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, is standing before them, and as he's sharing this, they begin to yearn for a true older brother, and yet they miss him, and yet they miss him. They miss the very thing they yearn for. and it's right in front of them. Let us not miss him as well. We yearn for hope, we yearn for joy, we yearn for peace, we yearn for intimacy, we yearn for truth, and yet he is here before us. Keller in the book, The Prodigal God, the one we're working through, he says this, he says, this is what a true elder brother would have done. He would have said, father, my younger brother has been a fool. And now, his life is in ruins, but I will go and look for him and bring him home. And if the inheritance is all gone, which is what I expect, I'll bring him back into the family at my expense. So not only does Jesus, who was our true elder brother, go and find us and seek for us and search for us and seek for this younger brother, Our true older brother, also our second understanding of who our true older brother brother is in Jesus, our true elder brother pays the cost. It's in his expense. He pays the cost. Verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, quick, bring out the best robe, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and it's celebrate with a feast. See, the younger brother's portion of the inheritance is all gone. It's been squandered. He's He's, giving it, he's been giving it all the, way, all the way. And now, all of the father's assets, all the things that he owns, directly affect and impact the older brother's inheritance. Everything now that is the father's is also now the son's because the younger son gave all his inheritance away. So now the older brother is taking a cost on his end as the father is putting the robe around him. Guess what? Technically, that's the robe of the son now too, the older son. Putting the sandals on him, giving him the fattened calf, all of this stuff is in the the older brother's understanding is that's my stuff. Which is why he shares maybe later on as we see more anger towards the younger son. The acceptance and forgiveness of the younger brother came at the expense of the older brother. The acceptance from the father to the, son, to the younger son as he came in came at the expense of the older, father, uh, older brother. Keller writes this so well. He says that the younger brother's restoration was free to him But it came at enormous cost to the elder brother. There was no other way. But Jesus does not put a true elder brother in the story. No one is willing, I'm sorry, one who is willing to pay any cost to seek and save that which was lost is breaking, is heartbreaking. The younger son gets a Pharisee for a brother instead, but we don't. By putting a flawed elder brother in the story, Jesus is inviting us to imagine and yearn for a true one. And we have him. Think of the kind of brother that we need. We need one who does not just go to the next country to find us, but that he will come all the way from heaven to earth to find us. That we need one who is willing to pay not just a finite amount of money, but an infinite cost. That is his life for us. To join God's family, for the debt on us is great. Either as elder brothers or as younger brothers, we have rebelled against the Father. We deserve alienation, isolation, and rejection. The point of this parable is that forgiveness always involves a price. Someone has to pay. There was no way for the younger brother to return to the family unless the older brother bore the cost himself. You see, our true elder brother paid our debt on the cross in our place. Jesus is the true and good elder brother who paid it all for us who was willing to go the extra mile when we know we don't deserve it. When we are all down and out and hitting rock bottom. When we are seeking and searching for what we need. When we're even willing to be slaves like the younger brother did. We're willing to be slaves to pay it back somehow. But yet Jesus says, I'll pay for it. It can be hard to grasp for some of us that have been harmed maybe by an older brother or or a father in a story like this because the terms father and brother can, can, can be a wall for us, can be a wall to be like, I desire an older brother like this or I desire a father figure like this. And so I pray for those maybe that be be harder for us to embrace a good father or embrace a good elder brother. I pray that God will heal the hearts and the broken hearts in that place because it's so important to receive and embrace this amazing good news of this true elder brother that the prophecy of Isaiah talked about. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah shared this prophecy of our true elder brother, Jesus. In Isaiah 53, four and five, he says, yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities, punished punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. You see, but it's not just that Jesus bore grief or that that he was just pierced or or that he was crushed or wounded. It's that he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and, and was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace with God. And by his wounds now, we are healed. This is both the sorrow and the joy of the gospel. Right, the sorrow that our older brother, our true older brother, had to pay the price. But yet the joy that the price is sufficient for our forgiveness in the entry to the feast. See, not only does the older, the true elder brother run out to pursue and find us, not only is he um, paying the cost for our return, but our third way of him being our true elder brother is that our true elder brother rejoices for us. He rejoices with us and for us upon entry. This is what the older brother did in this story and we can see the opposing reality of Jesus. In verse 27, your brother is here, right? They're telling him, your brother's here, he told him. And your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, look, I have been slaving many years for you and I have been disobeyed and I have never di- disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me a goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your assets with prostitutes who slaughtered the fattened calf for him and the father says this, son, He said to him, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus, our true elder brother, would, fir- would be first at this party. He'd be first to one celebrating, rejoicing with us. He'd be hosting, he'd be welcoming, he'd be rejoicing, he'd be DJing for us at this party. He'd be given the toast in the welcome of the return of this amazing son and bro- and, or sister that has come back home. He'd be eating with us, drinking with us, celebrating you upon the return back home to the father. His beloved, his father's beloved child, his beloved brother, sister, his beloved friend has made it home. He'd be celebrating with us. See, if you are the younger brother in this story, and you're used to the Pharisee as the older brother who just always looked down on you, I want you to know that there is a true elder brother, Jesus, who pursues you, pays the cost for your return, and celebrates you. So come and respond to him. If you're the older brother in this story who always lived the good and righteous life, I want you to know that you don't have to be good to be loved. That the pressure isn't on you anymore to be the good elder brother. That there is a way better elder brother and he loves you deeply. And he paid the cost for your entry into the feast as well. Will you come and enter in with him? Do we have a good father who loves us deeply? And we have the best, true older brother that pursues us, pays the cost for our return home, and rejoices and celebrates us. The reality is that we will never stop being younger brothers or elder brothers until we acknowledge our need, rest by faith in him, and gaze in the wondrous work of our true elder brother, that is Jesus Christ. So no matter where you are in this journey, as we study through this story of the prodigal son, we are near to Jesus because he is the true elder brother that pursues us, the true elder brother that desires us, the true elder brother that pays the cost on the cross and died for our salvation so that we can enter into the feast with gladness, with joy, and celebrate together as God's people with him. So I don't know where you are or what your understanding is or what your background is or what your history is or what your story is, You cannot be far, too far for God. Will you come and enter into this feast with him? Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you that you are our true elder brother who represents the beauty of what it means to be the children of God. The children of God that are in desperate need of you. The children of God that are desperate for uh, understanding in this world that this world offers so many things but yet falls short over and over and over. But yet you bring us hope. You bring us opportunity. You bring us a place of joy and rest because you give us what we've always needed and wanted. And that's a place at the table with God the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for chasing after us, for being the good brother who, when we went wayward, when we chose to do it our own way, that you ran after us and said, wait, don't go. No matter how stubborn we have been, no matter how stubborn we continue to run away, you continue to pursue us, chase after us, and remind us of who you are and what you've done. And not only that, you pay the cost for us to enter into this amazing feast with the Father. You paid the cost. You set it upon your, your back, Lord. You died on the cross. You shed your blood. You took it for us. And we thank you. Help us now, Lord, to respond to you in this truth. Help us to respond to who you are. Help us to respond to the ways of your son, Jesus, who desperately loves us deeply. We love you, God. We thank you. May we respond in him. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you'd like to join us in person, our services are Sundays at 10 a.m. and we're located at 11 Havenhurst Avenue in Granada Hills. Find us on Instagram at storycitygh or online at storycitychurch.com. Go and be the church.